show up for themselves fully because you're worth it and then show up fully for your family because they're worth it. After you've done that, now you'll be one of the most powerful business people, sales people, entrepreneurs that you can be. And you'll have earned the right to go and create great success. And you'll be doing it along with your family instead of in spite of them. Welcome to the Action Academy Podcast. Stand back while I celebrate freedom. The show where we help you achieve financial independence with the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps from guests who've already earned their freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Choose to do what you want. What you want. With who you want. With who you want. When you want. When you want. With another episode today. Now, here's your host, Brian Lubin. Welcome back or welcome to, for the first time, the Action Academy podcast. I'm your host as always, Brian Lubin, bringing you the mindsets, methods, and actionable steps for you to earn freedom in your life and business. If you are returning, welcome back. If you are new, we have four episodes per week, two solo shows that are short form and two long millionaire interviews each and every week. We have a lot of interviews to go back and binge, so feel free to go partake in those because today is a great episode to begin with. Today's guest is one of those that has reached a certain level of financial wealth to where he essentially escapes what's called economic gravity, where that's a term to say that it's kind of difficult to mess things up at that point where you're kind of set generationally. So this dude's flirting with that 50 million and above number, and he's doing a lot of big things in business and life. So he's reached a really cool point of introspection in his career, and he has a lot of perspective that he's able to offer that the vast majority are not. So I'm very honored to have him on today's show because he gives us advice essentially from the mountaintop. He's able to scream it down to us so that we can apply it in our wealth building journeys today. So allow me to introduce you to none other than one of the co-founders of GoBundance. And as always, for GoBundance, if you are accredited and you are looking for a new tribe of people to hold you accountable and raise you to that next level, go in the show description. You have the link to the website and a link to book a call with me to talk more one-on-one with me about my experience and about the tribe at large. Mike McCarthy, co-founder of GoBundance. Over the past two decades, Mike is grateful to have played a major role in the growth and expansion of Keller Williams to become the number one real estate company in the world. As the regional operating partner for the greater Pennsylvania region, he's proud to lead 11,000 plus real estate agents in over 50 locations, closing over 25 billion in real estate sales in 2021. Mike is also the co-founder of GoBundance, which we go over, and has also wrote The Miracle Morning for Parents and Families, the accompanying family playbook for the Miracle Morning with How Elrod series. This guy does stuff, everyone. He does stuff. And that's not even mentioned in his real estate portfolio, but we don't even get into that. We get into a lot about operating from a place of light versus darkness, battling ego when it comes to business, how to really go about the wealth building journey and the hunt and the climb up the mountain the best way to enjoy the view and enjoy the ride as much as possible. Just a lot of sage wisdom and advice for today. Stick around to the end. It does not stop. It's nonstop throughout the show. As always, if you get value from this, I would ask, please leave a five-star rating and a review. And without any further waiting, Mr. Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy, what's going on, my man? Doing great. How you doing? 
Can't complain, man. I'll have an intro for you before we begin this. So people have a broad stroke and broad idea about your background and what you do with your business and you in general. But what I really want to hit on first is the concepts that you were speaking on in the seven to eight conversation while we were in Park City, Utah at the GoBundance event. For people listening to seven to eight, we had Daniel Del Real and Aaron West on the show, and they host this show for GoBundance that helps entrepreneurs make the leap from seven figures to eight figures. And there's a lot of identity shifts and mindset shifts that need to be made. And we had Mr. McCarthy here hop on and give his absolute knowledge bombs and help us financially and philosophically. So I thought that the philosophical part would be even better to start with. So can you speak a little bit about your whole idea of operating from a place of light instead of darkness? Yeah, I'm sure. I think that being a human being is, uh, it's painful. There's a lot of challenges that are thrown at us. There's a lot of confusion. There's not really a meaning of life that gets explained to us. And we're just left here in this world. And a lot of things happen that can, can cause trauma. And I think what, what happens is that over time, we learn how to convert that trauma into the wall that we build around ourselves in order to protect who we think we need to be in order to be loved or to belong. And so we, we build this wall, which we could call the ego. And Dr. Kelly Flanagan in his book, Lovable, explains this perfectly. So anyone who's listening that wants to dive deeper into this concept, that's where I got the metaphor from. But he just talks about how we build this, the castle walls. And yes, it protects us, but it also keeps the best parts of us locked away sometimes. And so we've got to be really aware of that. He also talks about how we also then sit on our throne that we build within our castle, within our ego castle walls. And that throne is all the things we're good at, or we do well, or that we excel at. And we tend to take all of those things and make them who we are. And we rest on that. And when COVID started, Brian, I, <clears throat> I was stuck at home. At first, I was happy for a little while because I had been traveling so much. I'm like, this is nice to stay at home and just do whatever. And for a couple of weeks, we just enjoyed family time and did whatever. But after a few weeks, I was like, man, I got to, something has to come out of this. And so I started reading some books that were on trauma. One of them is called The Trauma of Everyday Life by Epstein. And I read that book and it basically just explained to me that no matter who you are, or how great your life is, or whether you had awesome parents or not, we all have these traumas that we carry around with us. And we use those traumas to build this wall and this throne that we sit on, and that becomes how we show up in the world. And if we're not aware of that at some point, we won't experience the true light and power that we have within us, which is not coming from a place of needing to protect or defend or close off to the world, but it's actually our true power that's rooted in being able to say, you know, I have this light inside of me and I'm going to authentically just let this power out into the world. And so it's been a, it's been a journey for me over, I have been working with coaches. I have three coaches currently. Dr. Kelly is one of them. I work uh, with a woman named Janai Lane, and then I have another trauma and mindset coach that I work with. Here I am having achieved a certain level of wealth and freedom in my life. 
but I'm doubling down and doing more work on myself than I ever have. And that's just because I realized that the ambition that I had where I was always chasing things and trying to prove that part of me, while it was successful in creating material wealth and material success in this world, it also created a lot of unhappiness for me because every time I would arrive at what I thought would be a place where I should be happy because of my accomplishments, I was always left feeling feeling unfulfilled and, and maybe the opposite of what I expected to feel. And so being somebody who wants to enjoy every aspect of life, especially as hard as I've worked to create the life that I have, it really was something that I needed to focus on so that I could reach a place of really operating from my true power, this place inside of me, these God-given gifts and talents that, that I've had, and to allow those to flow into the world with a sense of openness and heart-centeredness. And that, that really is the beauty of what's come of my work over the last couple of years in COVID is I've been able to really see who I was when I was a child, where I didn't get maybe what I thought I needed or what I, I, I thought I deserved, and how I started to structure this person who was extremely ambitious, who could lead, who could jump out there and make things happen. And while I always respect that part of me, there's a deeper part of me that I really wanted to get in touch with that if I keep aligning with that part of myself, then I can truly live a spectacular life. And, and that's my word for this year is spectacular. I picked one word and it felt a little funny, but it's only because that's my ego saying that my ego thinks it's funny because it doesn't believe that I deserve to have a spectacular life when you really boil it down. So I've got to get in touch with that part of myself that's aligned with our creator that lives in true abundance that that actually does know that not only do I deserve that, but it's something that is my right to claim. Lot to unpack there. <laughs> A lot to unpack there. All right, everyone. This has been Mike McCarthy. Thanks for coming on, buddy. <laughs> That's already enough value right there. All right. Before, there's a couple of different directions I want to take you from that. The first one, define spectacular for you right now. What does spectacular look like for you? It's like majestic, beautiful, amazing, grandiose was even one of the words. I looked up the definition just to get in alignment, even with in line with what your question is. And some of those words made me feel uncomfortable in a way where I was like, this is the right word for me, because it just means over the top amazing, really. And for me to find a place inside of myself that knows that I'm worthy of that, that's a task that I'm embarking on for the year. So was worthiness one of the main areas of your life that you felt wasn't spectacular? What areas were you really doubling down on to be able to come up with this whole consensus state perpetually of spectacular? Yeah, um, just allowing myself to, to have and enjoy what I've accomplished and the life that I've built without needing to add more onto it. So it's the act of not needing more in order to be better. More is not always better is better. And in this case, for me, it's knowing that I don't have to go build another business or go prove anything. I've already done that. And what I need to do is really just find happiness, being a great dad, being the owner of businesses where I have amazing people that, that really run with the ball. I very often 
I, I, I very infrequently get to touch the football. They're out there playing with it, running with it. And my job is to support them, give them the resources to win and then shine the spotlight on them and not myself and be happy with that. Be happy with where our business is and be happy with the, the spotlight that's shining on these stars that are really just crushing it right now in the real estate world. And I'm okay operating somewhat in the background. Right now, it's a full contact sport. And in real estate, it's competitive. So I'm still in the game, but I'm just allowing them to be the star players uh, in the game that we're playing right now. So it's all about just allowing myself to enjoy what I've ar- what I already have. And that's a part of my, a part of my life that has been challenging because I'm always looking for the next thing, the next, the next business, the next thing that will help me to prove that I'm worthy or help me prove to the world, to my father, to society, whoever it might be that I'm worthy of what I have already. And that's, it's kind of shitty because here we are as human beings chasing all this stuff down, man, if you finally catch what you want, make sure you take time to enjoy it and relish in the fact that you did what you set out to do. I love what you're saying, man. And I, this is why I do the show. And like, I mean, you and I have spoken a couple of times. Like, I'd count you, I'd count you as a friend, man. But I would say being able to offer these perspectives is so valuable because where do you get this shit? You can't. You have everyone that's a success in business. All they talk about is business, right? And we will talk business. We will talk dollars and cents in the back half of the show. And that's why we're going to have a premise before this. People have an understanding of where you are economically and where you are in the business world before you say all these things. But these perspectives are so wild because a lot of people that are on the hunt, they think that there's going to be this mountaintop of happiness. And I'm so blessed to be around guys like you because you guys have taught me, especially you and Tim, have taught me to love the hunt instead of the end result and the kill and enjoy the ride and enjoy the journey. Because before I was destined to do exactly what you were doing. Chase, get to the mountaintop. All of a sudden, you shit, another mountain. <laughs> shit, another mountain. Shit, another mountain. Going back, this was a conversation that was in the audience while you were talking about this on stage. Do you think that it was worth it going through what you went through with the ego, with the drive for the mountaintop? Do you think it was worth it operating from that ship on your shoulder, monkey on your back mentality to be able to get to your levels of wealth that you're at today and then look at the intrinsic values of happiness and success and worth and spectacular or would you go back to that 20, 30 year old, like Mike and say, Hey man, quit this shit. There's a better way to do this. Yeah. What a great question. Number one, I would say I wouldn't change my journey for anything just because I've learned to accept and to love all parts of myself, including mistakes I've made, things I've done. And so there's no changing it for me. I love it. I embrace it. It is what it is. 
And so I'll say that first. And then the other thing I would say is that the funny thing is that I realize now looking back that I didn't have to do it from that place. To all to everybody out there that says, no, I have to operate with this chip on my shoulder, this need to prove this really driven ambition. That's all great. There's nothing wrong with that, actually, because that's natural. But I think it's the point in time when we awaken and we realize, oh my God, I actually don't need to do it that way. Because when we're on the hunt and we're hustling, we're grinding, we're doing everything we can to be successful, the 80-20 principle still applies. Like 80% of the shit you do that you think you need to do to be successful doesn't have any impact. It only impacts 20% of your results. So you've got to get really clear on like, how can I really discern what the 20% is that if I focused on those activities, it's going to yield me 80% of my results. This is a little Pareto's law. And I think in retrospect, I realized that I spent a lot of time chasing down leads and climbing trees and mountain top mountains and doing things that I thought was productive at the time. But now when I look back, I'm like, oh, there was only these few things that I actually had to do in order to be uh, successful. And all the other stuff that I did was just me just sitting there spinning my wheels. Mm. So the reason I state that though, is because the more you're aligned with your true power, that abundance that lives within you and all around us, our creator, the universe, nature, whatever you want to call it, the more aligned we are with that force, then the more powerful we are and the better we are at discerning what action should be taken and what action should not be taken. And so I realize and reflect back and I'm like, I did it that way. And yes, I wouldn't change it for anything, but now I know that I didn't have to do it that way. I could have embraced at a deeper level, my true essence and being. And I could have from that place decided what I would do or not do and not been always running from or towards something. I could simply just be acting in alignment with my spirit and my human mission that I'm here to live and to perpetuate so that my family eventually, my kids eventually can go on that same journey themselves. It's a bit of a double-edged sword there. It's I didn't need to do it, but I'm grateful I did because if you don't go through that struggle either, you don't know that there's a, a light side of you that's aligned with nature that is way more powerful than that dark side of you that's trying to prove and is acting from a, a sense of not being loved or not being enough. And I think we have to really embrace the fact that other side of ourselves is capable of being infinitely more powerful and is, and is connected to everything that is, was, or ever could be. And so there's this deep wisdom that we have access to but we generally don't have access to it when we are acting from ego and we're driven to prove or we're trying to be right and show show that we're worthy of love. Whew. All right. A couple observations there. So first off, to summarize what you said in part, the, the fr two phrases are popping out at me. One is contrast creates clarity, right? So you said that because you went through it's like you went through the valley, so you were able to see the other side because you went through the dark parts. Another phrase that kind of sticks out 
is I feel like I'm trying to remember who the heck just told me it was something recent. It was someone recent, but they said there's three sides to a coin. There's heads, tails, and there's the edge in the middle to where you could see both sides of the coin. And I feel like that's, is that where you're talking about operating from? Is that edge? Or maybe in Tony Robbins terms, a peak state? Is that what you're talking about and being in your purpose and being in your passion? Because a lot of people are listening to this right now and maybe they're in the six figure mark, maybe in their seven figure mark. They haven't, they don't, they don't have this feeling of arrival and they're, they need more, they need more. My concern, and I'm speaking from me too, selfishly, is if you get to a point where you're like, is any of this even really worth it? then do you is all of your ambition gone is all of your drive gone is all of the things that you relate with and identify as an entrepreneur are all those gone if you don't have that desire and that need for more does that make sense it's the age old question that many people ask when they begin to meditate or journal or start to do the deeper work is you always hear if we let go, that's a good thing. You start to learn these kind of more spiritual lessons. And I think that those are necessary lessons for us to realize that we are all so powerful. The human brain is capable of so much. You have so many people on this planet that show you what's truly possible. And so I think you just have to align with yourself in a way where you build awareness because mm. the key is not to never be an ego again, because I'll slip into ego a couple of times today before I go to bed still. The, que- the real question is how quickly can I realize I'm acting from ego, which is probably a place where my heart is more closed. I think I'm right. I know what's going on. I might be hyper aggressive. I'm just trying to get to to the result in that place for me to go there. At least I have to close my heart up and start operating from my ego and my mind. And sometimes we can get carried away with that. So you have to be able to stand in all of that and be aware. Like, am I, is my heart open right now? Am I acting from my higher self or from my ego? And if you can really discern that, then what happens, Brian, and this is the key is, now my ego is a tool that I can tap into that, that when I need it, if I need to hustle, I need to grind, I need to get back to vi- being a visionary and then making things come to life, then I can do that at any time. And I can access a little bit of ego if I have to do that. And that's okay. But in that scenario, Brian, my ego is a tool that I'm using. It's not something that I've lost myself inside of. And so we have to be able to know when we are operating from ego and then know, hey, is this okay? Am I actually consciously choosing the actions I'm taking right now? Or is something else driving me that's deeper, my wounding, my trauma, my need to prove, my need to be loved, my need to be- my need to belong? Because it's okay if that is what's driving you, but you'll be more powerful if you're aware of it. And then also if you can shut it off when you don't need it. So I did a lot of work with a coach probably a decade ago, and we named my ego the Terminator. And the Terminator would be the one that is not low key, is not easygoing, is it has to be this way. We're going to get it done right now. This is the only way. And it's much like a wrecking ball that is Arnold Schwarzenegger in these movies. And 
that I might get to where I want to go, but what's the damage created on the way there is, and if I lose myself in that, then I can create a lot of damage. Will I reach the intended goal? Yeah, there's a pretty good chance I will, but at what cost? And so we've got to get in touch with what is the cost of operating from our ego and can I shut it off? Because today, what I like to say when my Terminator pops up and is like, you got to do this, like, it's got to be this way. And I can, I can sometimes gain control over myself and say, thank you, Terminator. You've always jumped in and tried to do what needed to be done and will go to great lengths to crush anything in your way. But I don't need you right now. I got this. I can handle this without going into Terminator mode. So that's the metaphor I would use to just describe that is you've got to, it's all rooted in the awareness of whether you're at, when you're acting from that ego or not though. So while you were talking, I was writing down a sentence, like a phrase that came to mind to summarize what you just said. And the sentence I wrote was, it all comes down to a game of using your ego and not letting your ego use you. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So instead of having ego be your default blind mechanism, it, it's it's almost reminding me, have you seen those Venom movies? Like the Marvel character? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like that, isn't it? To where it's now it's instead of just like this all consuming alien thing that's taken over you and just like blacking you out and making you bite chickens heads off. It's something that he can bring up whenever he needs it and needs to go save the day. He can throw that flip that switch and he's just gone. So that's before we get into, before we get into some economics here, let's hit on speak to hell. Speak to me. Use me as the archetype. 27, talk to the 27 to maybe 33-year-old person that's had success. They've reached a couple of the first mountaintops. Maybe they have young kids. They're just now starting a family. They are very much so in the hunt. How does What advice would you give to that person about how to access and control that ego and how to operate from this state that you're talking about now, today? instead of having to go through all the pain and go through 10 years of coaching. Yeah. Number one is you got to get around people who will reflect back to you. who And listen to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Listen to the podcast. But honestly, you've got to have people that can reflect that back to you. I don't believe that this is, I don't believe that there's a self-made person period. I think we all have help. We all have people that take a stand for our greatness or reflect back to us who we are, or maybe even doubt us. And that that fuels us in some way. But I think you've got to have the right mindset of, hey, I'm here to grow. My job as a human being is, yes, I have a purpose. And maybe that's related to a business where I'm helping people buy and sell homes, or I'm investing in real estate or whatever it might be. But at the end of the day, we're human beings and our purpose is much deeper than that. I believe that this is the schoolroom of all schoolrooms, planet Earth. And I think we come here, we choose to come here in order to learn, in order to grow, in order to evolve our understanding of what it means to be a human being that is also an infinite spirit. If you believe in in our connection to spirit and the universe and all that, which I do, then you realize that my job, my career, the businesses I build, they're, they're all just parts of 
of the tools that are laid out in front of me that are helping me to evolve into the best person that that I can be and in and, and the best soul that I can be. And so I think you've got to, number one, you do a lot of practical things. If you're not, if you're on the grind and the hustle, but you're not journaling every day and reflecting on deep, meaningful questions about life and gratitude and why we're here and you know, what your own ego and trauma and all of that is, if you're not reflecting deeply and you're not meditating on these things and you're not visualizing yourself evolving as a human being, then I think you're missing the point because building businesses is not what life is all about. It is it fun and is it meaningful? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, the thing that matters most is your connection to other people, your family. Nobody gets to the end of their life and they're like, "Ah, I just wish I would have worked more and built more Mm -hmm. businesses. They're often like, why did I do that? I wasted an extra fit. I wasted the whole latter part of my life still building a business. And you have to also, if you're leading a business right now, you have to ask yourself, are you the best person to lead that business. You might be the 100% owner of that business, but are you the best person to be leading that business? And I have some bad news for many of you out there is that you are not. For every single person on this planet that's ever started a business, there's somebody out there who will be better at running that business than you are. And so if you're getting a lot of satisfaction and significance from running your business and you're spending time away from your family, when you could hire somebody who's going to do an even better job than you are, and your job would then be to support that person and then maybe work half or 25% of the hours that you're currently working, then how would that impact your family life and your ability to enjoy your life and what you've created? And the funny thing is, Brian, is that as soon as you accept the fact that there's someone out there that can probably run your business better than you can, the sooner you are, the closer you are to finding that person and having a level of freedom in your life that you never dreamed possible. And now you're freed up to be somebody who's here to grow as a spiritual being, having a human experience, and you can focus in on that. And it might involve launching other businesses, contributing more to your community, enjoying life more, just being a better husband, father, son, brother, uncle, whatever it might be. But oftentimes, unfortunately, entrepreneurs get so busy with the business that gives them significance that no one sees them again. And when they do see them again, they're on their phone. They're always having to be busy because that's where they're getting this sense of accomplishment from. And unfortunately, at the end of their lives, they're not going to, they're going to wish, I believe they're going to wish that they had spent more time just living the life that they wanted to live instead of trying to hustle and grind their way to the next dollar or next million dollars, whatever it might be. Mm. God, a lot of bombs there right out the gate. Oh my God. That was, thank you for all that. You offer a perspective that many can't because of the level you've gotten to. So you can talk. It's, I feel like you're, it's like you're up on Everest yelling down to the other mountains. You're like, hey, guys, <laughs> there's a better way. <laughs> there's a better way up here. It's a better way to do it. There's a trolley across the ridge to take that. But let's go back into your story and so we can provide some color. So now people have a framework about your story. You talk a lot about 
trauma about your father. Let's go back a bit and color in between the lines here and paint this picture about starting up in business, your relationship with your father, where this whole ego even began and where the Terminator kind of came into play here. Yeah, I I graduated college thinking the last thing I would ever do is want to is want to go work with my dad. And yet I saw the opportunity in real estate and got my license and I thought, "Oh, I'll just go work for him part-time until I get some sales popping and then I'll I'll pursue my career that way." And then I started looking at the opportunity that my dad had just received from Keller Williams to develop the Pennsylvania, New Jersey and Delaware region for them. And I started plotting out territories and looking at numbers. And I saw all of a sudden that this was actually a massive opportunity. And so I decided to move from Colorado out to Pennsylvania and take on growing that region full time. So all I did for the first two to three years really is just prospect and cold call top real estate agents and then get them to come and meet with me. And oftentimes when I would meet with them, they would be like, who, like, really? Oh my gosh. Like that, like their, their jaw would drop a lot of times in the initial meeting because they didn't expect a 22 year old kid to be the person sitting across from them saying, I have a life-changing opportunity for you. And yet I was still able to convince many people to join Keller Williams and start these franchises. And after my dad realized that I was getting after it, I really was passionate about this. And I was also getting the results that I needed. My dad started to slowly let me take the reins of everything. And I'm really blessed that he did that. And also he's very blessed that he did that because he got to retire early and go live his life. He got to stop chasing and like we've talked about and start living and start enjoying what he had created. And then I just got busy building the business. And I was the youngest art regional director in all of Keller Williams at the time when I started. And I also became the youngest regional owner when I officially took over. And so I was always a late bloomer. And now here I am way ahead of the the pack in a lot of ways. And it was beautiful because I was at the ground level of something that eventually would become the number one real estate company in the world. And I got to watch how that would work and be a part of growing that and see it all come together. And it's priceless. We could spend hours and hours just talking about all of the business lessons and what I've learned from Gary Keller and all of all of my mentors, my father, Bob Klinsky, David Osborne, all of these guys that Um, And gals too, that just taught me how to be a business leader, how to think like a a business person and how to actually go out and create a vision that people are inspired by and have them join forces with you in that vision. And it was an amazing opportunity. I feel um, really blessed to have that opportunity. And a lot of the reasons why I do a lot of the work I do with families and entrepreneurs uh, who are parents is because being a second generation entrepreneur, I realized that my kids are going to have quite the burden on their hands. And a lot of people would say, what burden? Like they have this opportunity to inherit or have access to a lot of wealth. And yet that could be a really scary thing if you don't know what you're doing. And so I'm really passionate about families and about, about the real estate business as well, because it is 
in a lot of ways for people is, is a family business. And you see a lot of that husband and wife teams, father, sons, mothers, daughters getting into this business. And I think we have to take a stand for being the best that we can be, not only in business, but also in our lives. And Keller Williams is second to none with that because they really work on and look at the whole person and their life and their mission and what they truly want. And then real estate just becomes a vehicle to get there. And so I've really become a a good student of that. And I've applied all the things I've learned. And it, it, it led me to where I am today, where not only do I have the Keller Williams business, I'm a co-founder with GoBundance, which is also a, a huge business. And I had the luxury of you know, being an operator and being the leader of both of these businesses at one point. But then I had to, to take the ego blow and sort of step out of the role and hire the people who could do an even better job running these businesses that than I could. And that, that's a big time ego blow because anytime you do that, people come in and they tell you to your face, man, they're doing such a good job. Like it's so much better now. And you're like, thanks. And you really are. You're like, thanks. And you mean it, but it's also, yeah, that's why I replaced myself because there's always somebody better out there that can do it. So you said that you were working pretty close with Gary and he was helping mentor you and coach you as things were going. What were some of your main takeaways from talking to someone like that? That's birthing this huge, this is going to be a multi-generational company he's got. Yeah. The number one thing I learned from Gary is to to think really big and then take small steps towards whatever it is that you want and to really dial in and focus on that. His thing, like I said earlier, you got to get really clear on what's your 20%. What are the things that are going to really move the needle? And then really get, get, get really small on those details that matter most and nail them. And then eventually you're going to be able to have this huge opportunity as long as you can think that big. And part of that also is that if you don't think big, if your vision isn't really big, you can't hire people to fit inside of that vision if they also have a a big vision. So you've got to have a big enough vision to where it allows other people's big visions to still fit inside of your own vision. And that's what Gary did is it could have just been a regional company it could have just been a local company to Austin and he could have stopped there and thought, oh, this is great. But he, his vision was always to be a worldwide company. And he knew that for him to attract the highest level talent, he would need to have a vision that was big enough to include all these other great people that he's brought along for the journey. Do you think that's something that could be trained or is that just something that you're born with? I, I think... Any almost anything can be trained. So I would start there. But but some people might be a little more natural at thinking big. Maybe it's a little less scary to some people, or it comes a little more naturally to some. But at the end of the day, I think the more we get in touch with that power that we spoke of earlier, that's coming from our higher self that, that's rooted in the deep infinite wisdom that is nature. If we're aligned with that, it's only going to want the biggest for us. So if you can't Mm. think big and you're not in a place where you imagine yourself being able to have a vision or a business that's that big, it might be just because you're blocked by your ego. We talked a lot about about how ego can move you forward, but there's a lot of people whose ego doesn't manifest in the form of ambition. It actually 
manifests in the form of I am not worthy. And so I won't take any action because what's the point? I'm not even worthy. I don't feel worthy. And so Mm. they shut down and go the other direction. So it works in both ways. If I had to pick, I'd rather have the ego that has the ambition that's driving me forward. And so if you're out there and you're listening and you're stuck in a little bit of fear, you don't think it's possible, just know that that's the same part of the ego we talked about earlier. And you don't have to listen to it. Your creator wants you to have the most abundant life possible. And that means big in my, in my, in the way that I see it for other people it might not be big too. So, well, here's the reframe work that I've done. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it just is. And my reframe work is that either good people are going to have massive levels of impact in this world and massive levels of wealth, abundance, and power, resources, call it resources. Either good people are going to have that or bad people are going to have that. I know I'm a good person. So I've changed my framework to if I can be, if I can be able to be a shepherd of that and almost a funnel of that abundance into the world at large, that's a win for the good guys. Because if you're not doing that and you don't step up to the plate, the guys with the greed will 10 times out of 10. And then we get overran. Do you have anybody that you can think of? Maybe that's you personally or any examples that you can think of people that kind of did things the right way. The only one that I can think of and like across their journey, like they, they got this concept early on and then applied it as they were going up. The only person I can think of would be Tony Robbins. But then again, he also had the masochistic ego part of himself in his 20s and 30s. Do you have any examples that you I can think met, of? Or we just I human, mean, bro. Maybe, maybe Jesus. <laughs> I was about I to know, say Buddha. Jesus. Like, I don't, I mean. So it's an ideal. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anybody escapes this ego part of ourselves and in, in dealing with it. There might just be people who are able to get to arrive to this clarity sooner and maybe start to to still operate out of ego but be more aware of it and minimize it wherever necessary but i think you gotta really stand on that side of the the coin and look down on both sides in order to see the full picture i think it'd be hard to it'd be hard to just be someone with no ego that that is getting it moving forward without having been engulfed and overcome by your ego at times because that's what really brings you back to, man, what's going on? This is painful. It doesn't feel right. I'm not fulfilled. It's that pain, I think, that eventually leads us um, to a better place if we're willing to really embrace that pain and feel it and investigate maybe where it's coming from and then say, hey, I I love all parts of myself, including my ego. Now let me move forward in harmony with my ego, not being just driven um, unconsciously by that ego. Yeah. And then that goes back to controlling it and not letting it control you. Okay. We've gone down the rabbit hole today. <laughs> we have gone down the rabbit hole, man. This one's fun. This one's fun for me because this is, this has been a good back and forth today and not, I'd say most podcasts can't really do this. Like I think it would have either gotten brought back up to the surface or 
it's just, I love having these conversations, man. This is, this was a really fun one. Maybe let's end with some pieces of advice in general to people that are still on the hunt. Let's go back to them. And besides using your ego as a tool, not letting it use you, playing a team sport, like David Osborne said, and your mannerisms and everything go along with his. Now y'all are all coming, becoming one person at this point, man. <laughs> I can see y'all rubbing off on each other, but uh, going from the, I do to the, we do to the, they do. And then having, there's some other pieces of advice you can give to people that are still in the hunt. The first thing would be is make sure you're carving out the time that you need for yourself so that you can mm. be the healthiest version of yourself. And that means physical health, emotional health, spiritual health. And that means like doing the things you love, making sure you have time for those and also doing the things that you might not love you need to in order to take care of yourself. So the working out, eating right, meditating, don't forget those things because ultimately like your level of success is going to be determined by your level of personal growth. And so you've got to focus in on your own personal growth first. And it's also what earns you the right to lead other people. If you don't Mm. focus on growing yourself and being the best version of yourself, which I would call self-leadership, and you can't lead yourself, then who can you lead? Nobody's going to follow anyone who can't lead themselves at a high level. And so you've got to be that example of growth and development for your organization, for your clients, for your business, because that's going to really determine what level of success you're able to accomplish. And then secondarily, I would say, once you get really good at leading yourself, and if you have a, a, a family, especially kids at home and a spouse, then secondarily, you need to make sure you're showing up for them fully. And so ask yourself, like how engaged and how present Are you truly with your family? And probably most importantly, how intentional are you with your family? Because if you're a leader, but you don't show up and be a leader at home, you don't have family meetings, you don't set goals as a family, you don't have routines for bedtime and morning time that the whole family is designing and and developing together collectively then you're not really doing your family any type of justice in how important they are to you. And then also you're probably building a legacy. A lot of entrepreneurs will use that as their catchphrase. Like I'm doing it for the family. I'm building a legacy, but don't use your family as the excuse to be away from your family. Make sure that you're showing up fully for your family because your kids are only going to learn how to carry your legacy forward if they're actually involved with you in a manner of which they can see your leadership and how it shows up and they need to see you model that. So we need to be treating our family like a team, a high functioning team, and then actually doing the same type of activities that we would for a team within our family. And it doesn't mean that you're the dictator, by the way, the best types of leaders are going to allow our spouse and our kids to also take the lead at times and listen to them, propose great questions that are meaningful, and then everybody answers them, including you. And so there shouldn't be as much of a hierarchy, I believe, in leadership in general. And certainly in the home, you've got to watch out how that leadership shows up. And I only say that as a cautionary tale because I don't want entrepreneurs going, 
oh, I just heard this podcast. I'm going to go home and I'm going to get a family meeting going. We're going to start setting family goals together. And they come in and they're just over the top where they spoil it for everybody. And they're like, oh man, dad's on one of his trips again. This will go away soon. And let me, let's just humor him. And then you don't get a real level of participation. But if they actually believe that you're interested in helping them hit their goals and get what they want and create the future that they really dream of, this including spouse or kids, now all of a sudden they might be open to your leadership and open to you implementing some of these. And my wife and I created a playbook, a workbook, if you will, that has eight exercises in it that families can do. And we wrote this playbook along with Hal Elrod. And so it's called The Miracle Morning for Parents and Families. There is a book that explains a lot about the Miracle Morning and doing it with your families, but there's an accompanying playbook that teaches eight other exercises that you can do with the family that will help you to bring powerful, intentional leadership into the home. And so anybody who's listening, if you go to miraclemorning.com slash PF playbook, you can actually get two of the exercises to download for free to give them a shot at home and see how it goes. But I'm really passionate about this. So I'd be remiss if I didn't mention it, but I just really want people to show up for themselves fully because you're worth it and then show up fully for your family because they're worth it. After you've done that, now you'll be one of the most powerful business people, sales people, entrepreneurs that you can be, and you'll have earned the right to go and create great success. And you'll be doing it along with your family instead of in spite of them. Mm, we'll, we'll end it there. There's, there's no more that you can't have a better closing line than that. And I completely forgot about that, about the Miracle Morning, man, that you were in the author series. That's fantastic. So yeah, we will have that link in the show description. Mike, if anyone were looking for more information or wanted to reach out to you, where would you best recommend? So my website's gomikemccarthy.com. So if you want to get a hold of me, that's the place to do it. And yeah, other than that, check out tribeofmillionaires.com if you'd like to tap into some of our free uh, resources for that book or gobundance.com. If you're interested in hearing, hearing more about our tribe, I'm sure you've mentioned GoBundance a couple of times on your Here podcast in the past, but yeah, tap into these places and these resources and then go get to work. Love it. This has been Mike McCarthy, not the Terminator and Lubin with the Action Academy's podcast signing off. You've been listening to the Action Academy podcast, helping you to choose what you want with who you want, when you want. You've been given the gift of freedom. Don't turn your back on that. We hope you've enjoyed the show and we hope you've gotten some practical and useful information. Make sure to like, rate, and review the show. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media. Remember, financial independence is freedom. The flags of freedom fly. Freedom fly.